You are listening to Your Word on the Way. We trust the Word of God to encourage you, comfort you, and even challenge you as you grow in your walk with the Lord. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and podcast. Thanks again for joining us for Your Word on the Way. tonight go ahead and turn to Hebrews chapter 3 if you don't have your Bibles don't worry Uh, I didn't tell you to bring your Bible in the text message so no worries I'm gonna read it slow for those of you who don't know this story in the Bible but I want to encourage you tonight with the word of the Lord the Bible says that he fills my life with good things God will fill your life with good things the world has nothing to offer you Uh, that God can't offer you something better and something more lasting. Everything that God does lasts forever. The stuff of this world is temporary. The Bible says that what we see is temporary. Do you know how I know? The majority of you are going to grow out of your shoes before the night is up. I'm just kidding. Like, you guys grow like crazy. Everybody's so, like... One day I see you, and then three weeks later, if I see you, like, the guys are, like, this much taller. Um, The things of this world are passing away, but the things that are unseen are the the spiritual things. They last forever, so everything that God does lasts forever. So in Hebrews chapter 3, verse 12, this is what the Bible says. This is the holy word of God. Be careful then, dear brothers and sisters, if you're... Sitting next to a boy, say, dear brother. If you're sitting next to a girl, call him dear sister. (laughs) Listen to this. Make sure that your own hearts are not evil and unbelieving, turning you away from the living God. You are responsible for your own heart towards God. I'm responsible for my own heart towards God. And so some of us are here, and maybe you've heard about church before, or you've had an old lady hit you upside of the head because you wore a hat in church one day, or your shorts were too short, or they didn't like the way that you were talking to them. But this, this verse in the Bible says that we are all responsible for our own hearts towards God. I'll read it one more time. Make sure that your hearts, your own hearts are not evil and unbelieving, turning you away from the living God. It doesn't matter what you've seen other religious people do or not do. You are responsible for your own heart towards God. You are responsible for how you respond to God. And so tonight I wanna encourage you, open up your heart. You're not opening up your heart to me. You're not opening, opening up your heart to the person who's to your left or to your right. I wanna encourage you, Open your heart to the Lord tonight because he has good things planned for you. He wants to heal you. He wants to set you free. He wants you to know that you're loved and he wants, you to, he wants to forgive you of your sins. He wants you to know that you have value, that you have purpose, that he has a great plan for your life. And so if you would, during this time, I'm asking you, please open your heart to the Lord because this is what it says. Be careful. Make sure that your own hearts are not evil and unbelieving because it's going to turn you away from God if you live in unbelief. Unbelief will always exempt you from God's promises. Everything that's good that God has 
You can't have it unless you believe. Everybody say believe. Everybody say believe. believe. Now the way that I explain belief and unbelief is this. If Mario, if Mario was sitting over there and he said, I have $300 for the per- first person who comes and runs to me. If you believed him, you would move, right? If you believed him, you'd move. If you didn't believe him, you wouldn't move. So if you believe God, you're going to listen tonight and you're going to move when he says move. Amen? Amen. So unbelief in the power of God to save you, to heal you, to provide for you, to defend you, to help you, it turns our hearts hard. Uh, Just a few verses before this, it says that God did miracles for the people of Israel God did miracles. Everybody say miracle. Has anybody ever seen a miracle in their life? Yeah. You're breathing. So you can, everybody lift your hands. You're breathing. That's a miracle. So the Bible says that they, they, these people saw miracles, but then they forgot about them. They saw something good that God did, but then they forgot about it and their hearts turned hard. Unbelief in the power of God will turn you away from God. There's a Bible verse that says that they have a form of godliness, but they deny the power that could change them. So we are talking about the type of belief in God that actually does something in your life. Not the kind of belief in God that brings you to church on a Wednesday night or brings you to church on a Sunday morning. The type of belief in God that changes something in your life. The Bible says that there were a type of people who had a form of godliness, but they denied the power. Everybody say power. They denied the power that could change them. Do you know that there's power in this room through the name of Jesus that could change you tonight? It can set you free. It can heal you. It can lift depression off of you. It can help you in your family situation. There's the power of God that can truly change you. But you can harden your heart towards it so that you just see God as a form. You just see him as a thing. You just see him as a building. I go to church because I need to go there. Or he's just a thing. But God is not a thing. He has true and real power. Do you know that God hates religion? Jesus walked here on this earth. And there were tons of religious people. How many of you have ever met a religious person? You've met a religious person. So these people are the type of people who tell you that you got to show up to church in nice shoes, but they're cursing you out on the way home. They have a form of godliness, but they're denying the power that could truly change them. And so Jesus went around and he actually rebuked these people. He told them that they were wrong. God hates religion. He doesn't want the form. He doesn't want you to act like it. He wants you to have it for real. God wants you to have a relationship with him for real. And do you want to know how I know that? Because as Jesus walked here on this earth, the Bible says that he went around doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil. Jesus himself said, I didn't come to condemn the world. I came to save the world. So that is Jesus, the one that we're serving, the one who we're following. 
um, the one that the religious people say that they follow, he is saying, I didn't come to condemn you. That means I didn't come to make you feel bad. I didn't come to beat you down. How many of you have ever felt beat down because of religion? You've ever felt like, man, those people are just always mad at me. I feel like, or how many of you have ever felt like God doesn't like you because of something that you've done? You can be honest. Nobody's going to be honest. Okay, that's fine. I understand. We're new. We're new to you. So Jesus said, I didn't come to condemn the world. I came to save the world. Jesus came to save you. Everybody say this. Jesus came to save me. Say, Jesus came to save me. Do you know that Jesus didn't just live 2,000 years ago? He's alive right now and he's in this room. Amen? Amen. Amen. Jesus is alive right now and he's here to change your life. Everywhere that he went, he changed somebody's life. You cannot meet with Jesus. You cannot be touched by God. You cannot hear the word of God and him not step into your situation. So what I want you to do right now is open up your heart. Begin to think about what it is that you need God to do in your life. Because Jesus is here. Everybody say, Jesus is here. Jesus is here to change you. Jesus is here to help you. Jesus is here to save you. He is here in this room, and he can change your life tonight. If you believe that, I want you to shout a hearty amen. Amen. Verse 13. You must warn each other every day while it is still today so that none of you will be deceived by sin and hardened against God. You must warn each other so that none of you will be deceived by sin and hardened against God. Do you know that you're also res- you're responsible for your own heart, but you're responsible for the people around you? Look at the people who are around you. This verse is saying you're responsible to warn each other not to fall into sin. You're responsible to warn each other not to do the stupid thing. I was a kid once, believe it or not, and I did stupid things. The stupid things that I did was like I put M80s in stuffed animals and like put them in people's mailboxes and then they, I know, they exploded. Um, That was the kind of stupid stuff that I did But regardless, we shouldn't be encouraging one another to do stupid things because guess what? This verse says that when we harden or when we sin, it actually turns us away from God. And so do you want to be responsible for your friend missing out on all the goodness that God has for them? If you have a friend, you want God's best for them because God is good And all the time, God is good. God will be good to your friend. So you don't want your friend to miss out on God's best for them. So this Bible verse is saying you better warn each other. Warn each other and keep them away from sin. The Bible says that bad company corrupts good morals. We had, I, I can't tell you the number of stories of the kids that we've had in this very youth group who they were caught at the wrong time with the wrong person, and they ended up going to jail for something that they they never even wanted to do. They never even wanted to do. My own brother, he was hanging out with his friends. They decided to go to a, a school parking lot. Nobody's recording, right? Okay. 
uh, school parking lot uh, where, where the buses were, and his friends had brought a BB gun. He didn't have a BB gun. His friends brought a BB gun. And they irked him on and they said, hey, you should shoot out these bus windows. It was peer pressure. He decided to do it. He did it. <coughs> well, didn't you know the bus driver was actually sleeping on the bus? It was, this was like midnight. So I don't know what happened, why the bus driver didn't have a house, but they were sleeping on the bus. And do you know that they arrested him for attempted assault? It was supposed to be just kids doing something stupid. And they ended up arresting him. He got expelled, and it changed the course of his life. You're responsible for the people who are around you. The Bible says that we are all part of the body of Christ. So if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, we are all part of the body. And if the foot is messed up, you're going to start limping. It affects the rest of the body. You're responsible for the, the people around you. And I want to encourage you tonight. Don't encourage other people to mess up their relationship with God. If anything, keep your mouth shut. Don't entice or provoke somebody to do the wrong thing. Some of you guys are going to go out of this room and you're going to have an opportunity to do drugs again or to go to that party and drink alcohol again. You're going to have the opportunity to talk back to your teachers again. But you're going to be the type of friend that says, I don't think you should do that because you want God's best for me, right? You want God's best for you. So warn each other while it's still day. Verse 14, for if we are faithful to the end, everybody say to the end. If you're faithful to the end, trusting God just as firmly as when we first believed, we will share in all that belongs to Christ. You can't trust God just once. You can't give your life to God just once. It's not like a set it and forget it type thing. You can't meet with the Lord one time. Could you imagine if you had a boyfriend or a girlfriend, which you can't until like you're 40, so forget about it. I'm kidding a little bit. Um, so could you imagine if you only talked to them one time and you expected that to seal the deal with them? Would that be a good relationship? Would that be a good relationship? None of you know. There's a couple of you who are shaking your heads. Answer with a yes or a no. Would that be a good relationship? God expects more from you as well. This verse says you've got to be faithful to the end. Everybody say to the end. You've got to trust God and keep trusting God. So when you get to that place where, man, God lifted the, the, the depression off of you. God lifted the anxiety off of you. God promoted you in your job. Um, God helped your family problems. And then you come to another problem. What you need to do is trust God. Everybody say trust God. When you get that issue where there was a bully in your school or someone was messing with you or somebody was irritating you and God takes care of them and now they come back and they're doing the same thing again. What do I need to do? Trust God. Everybody say trust God. When my aunt's cancer comes back, but I thought God that God had healed her, what do I need to do? When I'm having family problems, maybe my dad has left the home or my mom has left the home or we're struggling financially, what do I need to do? 
You need to trust God and keep trusting God. We cannot ever stop trusting Him. I'm going to wrap it up quickly here. Then this verse says in verse 15, Today when you hear His voice, do not harden your hearts. God is trying to speak to you today. I'm sharing with you the Word of God that's saying you've got to believe God. Do you want to know what God's greatest message to us is? He sent, he loved you so much, John 3, 16, that he sent his only son, Jesus Christ. Do you know that Jesus' tomb, they actually know where he was buried and the tomb is empty? The tomb of all the other people who claimed to be gods, there are bones in those tombs, but Jesus actually did raise from the dead. So God sent his only son, Jesus, to die on your behalf so that you could be forgiven of your sins. He loved you so much that he sent his son that you would not perish, but that you would have everlasting life. It is the goodness of God that draws men to change. It's the goodness of God that draws us to change. We can't change our own hearts. Have you ever tried to like somebody that you didn't like? We can't change our own hearts. That person at Burger King, every single time I go by, they have something to say to me. And I can't change my heart towards them. But God can change your heart. Everybody say, God can change me. God, do you know why God can change you or how God can change you? There is a power in the name of Jesus because Jesus lived on this earth. He the Bible says that he was tested just like you and I were. So everything that you're tempted with, Jesus was tempted with. And the Bible says, yet he sinned not. And some of you might look at Jesus and be like, he was so holy and I'm so not. But do you know why he did that? So that he could exchange his righteousness, his perfection, for your imperfection. The Bible says that he exchanged his robe of righteousness for our filthy rags. I, when I first came to God, I felt like I was filthy rags. I felt like I was dirty. I knew that I had done wrong. The Bible says that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We shouldn't steal. We shouldn't cheat. We shouldn't dishonor our parents. I already ruined all of those by the time I was probably two and a half. And so I knew that I had sinned against God and I came to him knowing that I had filthy rags. Everything that I had and everything that I was was worth nothing before God. But do you know what he did for you? He sent his son Jesus and Jesus really lived a perfect life. And Jesus really died on the cross. The Bible says that the criminal charges that were against us were nailed to him on the cross. And he was in the grave for three days, and the power of God raised him from the dead. And he is alive right now. And he gives us power over sin, and he has all, all the power to save you and to redeem you from the curse of sin. Jesus came, and he lived a perfect life, and he died, and he was raised from the dead. Not to show you how imperfect you are, but to give you his perfection. Not to show you how you're garbage and you're nothing, but to give you a victorious life. 
his victorious life. And you know what? He does it freely. The disciples of Jesus, the people who were really close to him, they said to Jesus, what do we have to do? What are the works that we have to do to get to heaven? I don't know if that's a question of yours today. What do I have? How good is good enough? What do I have to do to make sure that I can get to heaven? Jesus' response was believe. He said, believe. He didn't say you need to stand on your head. He didn't say you need to be perfect in all of your ways. He said, you need to believe in me. And that believing is that he died for you. He took your place. You don't have to be punished because he died for you. He took your punishment. And if you would believe in him and you would choose to follow him all the days of your life, you're saved. You're saved from your sin. You're forgiven. And God makes you a new person in him. There's a difference between you and demons, though. The Bible says that even demons believe that Jesus is, and they, they tremble, they shake. It's not enough just to believe. You have to make a decision in your heart to follow Christ. You have to make a decision in your heart that I'm going to obey, obey him now, that I've received him as my Lord and Savior. Tonight, God is going to meet you in a powerful way. He's going to change your life. But remember what I read to you. Today, if you, if you hear his voice, harden not your heart. You can't harden your heart against him. You can't receive from God if you've closed off to him. So I want everybody um, to stand to your feet. And I don't want anybody talking at this moment. If you would, stand to your feet. Nobody moving around. I'd like you to close your eyes and bow your heads for just a moment. <clears throat> the Bible says that you were bought at a high price. Each and every one of you here was worth exchanging the very life of Jesus for. Jesus exchanged his life for you. I don't know if any of you have ever had somebody die for you before, lay down their life for you before, but Jesus really did. And he's calling you today because he's loved you with an everlasting love. So I want everybody to close your eyes and think about the goodness of God and what he's done for you through Jesus Christ. Now the Bible says that to be saved... In order to, to go to heaven and also to have a right relationship with God, we have to admit that we're sinners. We have to believe in our hearts that Jesus Christ is Lord, but we also have to confess before men that Jesus died for us and we want to live for him. So if you would say that you have sinned against God, and I know that you have because the Bible says that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And anybody who says they're not a sinner is actually lying. So that then makes you a sinner. So if you have sinned against God and you have not ever asked Jesus into your heart or made a decision that you want to follow him. Or maybe you've sinned against God and you have followed him before but you know that you've fallen away from him. 
If you know your relationship with God is not right because you have not confessed before people that you want to follow him for the rest of your days, if that's you and you recognize that God, through his love, paid the highest price that he could through the blood of Jesus, and he's calling to you tonight, if you've sinned and you want to get right with God tonight, I want you to lift your hand right where you're at. There's many hands, so I don't want anybody to be shy. There's tons of hands going up all over this room. You would say, I know that I've sinned. Again, the Bible says, today if you hear my voice, harden not your heart. Some of you may not get another chance beyond today. And I want to call to you with urgency. Today might be your last day if you don't get your heart right with the Lord. Anybody else that you would say, I need to give my heart to Jesus, put your hand right up where you're at. Those of you who have your hands raised and those of you who know that you need to be raising your hands, I want you to come forward so I can pray with you. Everybody come forward that has your hands raised and line up right here. I'm going to pray for you. Don't be shy. Let the people who have the most courage come first. Everybody else that you would say, I need to get my life right with God. I need to receive him as my Lord and Savior. Anybody else that you would say, I know that I've sinned. I know I've fallen short of the glory of God, and I want to receive Jesus today. Listen, I'm going to give you one more call. Everybody else who's still in your seats, I want, I want you to close your eyes and bow your heads one more time. This could be your last chance to receive Christ. If the Holy Spirit is drawing you tonight and telling you to get your heart right, you need to do it tonight because the Spirit of God is about to touch people in this place. And you are going to know that you know that you know that there is a God in heaven who loves you. And there is a God in heaven who sacrificed his son for you. So if you're still in your seats and you would say, I, ne I need to get my life right, I want you to lift your hand right where you're at. This is your last opportunity for tonight. You would say, I need to get my life right and receive Jesus as my Savior. Come forward if that's you. I'm going to pray for everybody who's up front. Those of you who are here, I want you to lift your hands to heaven. I'm going to pray for you. But I want you to repeat this prayer after me, but mean it from your hearts. And I only do this because some people have never prayed before. But after today, you're going to have a real relationship with Jesus, and you're going to pray with him because you're one with him. Amen? So go ahead and repeat this after me. So say, Dear Father, I admit that I'm a sinner. I believe in my heart that you died for me. I confess with my mouth that you are my Lord. Forgive me of my sins. Help me to live for you all the days of my life. I believe that you rose from the dead and you're alive right now, giving me power over sin. In Jesus' name.